we have a couple more questions here. Again, some more theological and also some practical um, questions. Um, one was asked that uh, why in Mark 11, verses 12 through 14, does Jesus curse the fig tree? So if we turn there in scripture, uh, go ahead and turn to Mark 11. Um, this is actually a, a pretty classic example. Uh, when you read the gospel of Mark, Mark the writer uses uh, something that is called a Mark and sandwich. Um, this is really just basically Mark will tell a story and then he'll show something that Jesus does. And then there's ended book ended with another ending of that story. And so what happens is there's this sandwich between these story is the actions of Jesus. And the story is meant to show what Jesus was doing in that recording. So the eyewitness account of Mark 11, we see Jesus curses this fig tree in verse 12. Um, he's going in with his disciples um, from Bethany, and they're going into Jerusalem to the temple. Um, and on the way that morning, um, they go across a fig tree with no fruit on it. Jesus curses it, saying, and may no one ever eat fruit from you again. Um, later that day, Jesus goes into the temple. Uh, he cleanses it from money changers and all this uh, practice of um, they basically turned God's house into a marketplace. And Jesus gets upset. He braids a whip, um, drives out the money changers, flips tables, and tells them that, do you not know that it's written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. So why does Jesus do this? Well, if we look later, that next morning, um, the, the story continues with the fig tree, um, and Jesus and disciples pass by that fig tree again, and they can see that it is completely dead. Um, so there's this Mark and Sandwich alliteration, or excuse me, illustration that happens by Jesus cursing the fig tree is actually showing that Jesus is cursing the nation of Israel. So little context, the, uh, a fruitful fig tree back in this day um, seen outside of a nation would have been seen as a symbol of blessing and prosperity um, and vice versa then or on the flip side of things. If you would see no uh, fig, fruitful fig tree, it would actually show that there is a symbol of judgment and rejection from God. Um, so Jesus does this to, again, show that he is bringing judgment and a curse upon Israel, God's people, um, and that he has actually has the power to do it by killing this fig tree. Um, we see that the lesson in all of this is that Jesus wants his people, he wants God's house to be fruitful and full of genuine worship, and he sees that at this time, um, that's not what was happening, and God's people have turned away, they are not fruitful, we can see this and the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, through 23, where we're listed out, Paul says the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, Israel at this time was demonstrating none of these fruits. And we can see that in James 2, 26, um, the main takeaway, James says faith apart from works is dead. Basically saying that if there's no fruit, um, there's no actual symbol that you have truly been resurrected with Jesus. And so it's just, again, to show us this whole Mark and Sandwich illustration of the fig tree, Jesus cleansing the temple and seeing the fig tree again, is that we as Christians are called to be fruitful. And the only way, John 15, Jesus says, you have to be attached to the vine. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can bear no fruit if you're not attached to me with an ongoing interactive relationship. So that's Mark 11, 12 through 14, and the teaching of the fig tree.